This is Inspire Radio. Inspire Radio. Welcome to the Inspire Radio podcast. This podcast is an opportunity to listen again to one of the many inspirational and thought-provoking interviews first broadcast on Inspire Radio. Inspire Radio brings you inspirational interviews, news events, workshops and seminars, plus great music too. Online, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, Inspire Radio is your truly feel-good radio station. For more information and to listen to Inspire Radio, why don't you check out inspireradio.co.uk. Check out our Facebook page too, where we've got details of events on there. Our Facebook page is at Inspire Radio UK. Now sit back and enjoy this Inspire Radio podcast. So today I am pleased to welcome uh, Alistair Deards and Mansi Dillakine to Inspire Radio. And Alistair Deards um, is the founder of Mental Health Changed. He's a retired accountant supporting people with mental health issues and lobbying for change in mental health provision in the UK. And he set up Mental Health Change in the UK in late 2018. And Mansi is an advisor to Mental Health Change and she's an emotional intelligence trainer and a holistic expert. And they are here to talk about an amazing initiative that they are currently working on, which will make a, a, a will have a positive impact on um, mental health in the UK. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Alistair and Mansi to Inspire Radio. With inspirational guests from across the world, this is Inspire Radio. So welcome to Inspire Radio. And today I am joined by Alistair Deards, founder of Mental Health Change, and uh, also Mansi Dulakir, uh, advisor for Mental Health Change and an EI trainer. And Mansi is all the way over in Delhi. Uh, Alistair is in the UK here. So we've, uh, yeah, and I, I'm in Yorkshire. So uh, <laughs> we're in different locations. But welcome to Inspire Radio, um, Mansi and Alistair. Thank you, Joe. That's very kind of you. Thank you for inviting us. <laughs> I know, I'm pleased you can join us. So, Alistair, tell us a little bit about uh, mental health change, how it came about and what it is that you do. Okay, so, so mental health change came about um, based upon lived experiences um, of a group of people who have experienced some of the issues and problems that are currently in existence within the mental health system. Um, I've been working with Helen Grant, our MP in Maidstone, for a number of years to help people get support um, through their troubles. And then I realised that actually what needed to happen wasn't just about getting individual supported. It needed to look at the systems that were currently in place. And so what I put together was a paper um, to enable that to happen. And to cut a long story short, in June this year, um, I invited a group of people to join me to set up a team to actually make that happen. We have a psychiatrist and we have a doctor on board, a legal guy, an IT guy. I'm an ex-accountant, so we've got a pretty good <laughs> range of skills between us. And Mansi's kindly joined us as a, an advisor. She has um, skills in emotional intelligence, uh, which we'll talk about later. 
and yeah that's how it got formed really and our objective is really to attempt to give um mental health the same parity of esteem as physical health yeah i i always say that you know why would you want a brain surgeon fixing your broken arm and probably worst why would you want a staff nurse fixing your brain in mental health that's exactly what happens because one person does everything um, there are no separate skill sets so in physical health you have oncology you have urology you have fracture clinics in mental health you have mental health and there isn't the specialist skill sets um, set up at this point in time to enable that to happen so yeah. that's one of our objectives um, one of the other objectives we have that is very really getting attention is the 555 national mental health line we want um, to establish those three numbers um, across the country in the same way as 111 to so that anybody suffering at any point in time and not just sufferers but also partners friends whoever's necessary can call that number 24 hours seven days a week 365 days a year and um that's got full support of rmp helen grant i've spoken to dr rosina allen khan she is the shadow minister for mental health in the uk she's fully behind it as well uh, we have the support of sir norman lamb so we have very much cross-party support as well for this to occur so that's that's uh, another one of our exciting um, objectives that we have we have a few more um but they're, they're they're probably the primary two at this point in time without going through the whole lot and to say that you you know you have not come from a background of of mental health training or anything you know you've come up from a background of, of finance you know to say how far you've got already pulling this group of people together is amazing and and the the the, the sound of a, a 555 number um that people can ring for that emergency mental health support is just is massive because you know, we, we have fantastic helplines out there all doing amazing job, but to get something that's equally recognized as 999 for mental health would be amazing. And, and especially now the you know, the world finds itself in such a challenging position and, and this is only going to compound mental right. health even more. And and you know, I think I think more and more people are realizing that we have to treat mental health the same as we treat physical health. It's it's exactly the same. It's you know it we we treat them exactly the same. We have to look after them. We have to nurture them. We have to have the the facilities to you know to to help them uh, repair if anything goes wrong. And and I think people are beginning to understand that. But um, you know the fact that you're starting this work is is absolutely amazing. So you should be very proud that you've you've come so far. That's, with that's, with what you've done that's very kind of you joe i mean the one thing i would say is that we haven't invented the wheel no this is all based on 1737 in new zealand wow okay we've been running this since uh june 2017 and are they finding this a really um 
well-used resource then, I, I'm Absolutely. guessing. Yes, it's a very well, it, it, and it's government funded. It is. Fantastic. Um, so you, you'll find the government ministers in New Zealand walking around with lapel badges in the same way as Matt Hancock walks around with his NHS badge. They're, they're walking around with 1737 on there. So it's, it's, it's got massive visibility. You know, yes, we have, you're absolutely right, we have helplines. Mind has a helpline. Um, there is the shout text line, which is extremely good, um, which is 24-7. It's the only one that is 24-7. Um, then there are a number of other papyruses for under 35s, suicide helpline. They all exist. They're all extremely good in what they do. But to bring it together so that anyone can just call that simple number when they are struggling and to have so that the big difference between us is that we want to have counselors on the end of the phone so that the person picking up the phone is a counselor yeah, yeah. we don't even want the client and we don't call them patients we call them clients we just that client doesn't even need to say their name they don't need to give any details it is not a triage service is a caring service yeah. that <laughs> provides the support and the paper that we've written it starts off with an amazing um set of documents of a day in the life of the call center of 1737 and there's about seven pages of a couple of examples of, of at real calls they are real calls and you know that i mean one of those calls is 40 minutes for example so this isn't a case to pick up the phone you know, 10 minutes later, go off and do that, put the phone down. This is a case of truly caring. And this is this is what I was doing effectively before setting this up, that I'd spoken to about 40 different people. Well, I have now in, in total about 40 different people um, who have all been suffering mental health issues. Mm. And when I've spoken to them, I'm not a trained counsellor, but... I have got no time limits and I because I've had so much experience of it just on a one-to-one -one basis you can relate to what they're saying so if somebody goes and says that they're hearing voices you know that that is actually true for them they are hearing voices it is a psychosis that they're suffering whereas a lot of people just go of course you're not hearing voices. no they are they really yeah. Yeah. are hearing voices and you can you can associate so much easier if you've had these stories already told to you and you've already experienced things you know not necessarily so I've, I've never experienced anything myself in this respect but i've had enough experience with other people to understand fully what's going on so it, it's in that moment support isn't it it's like you know you, you phone up and that person is just there to to give that moment of support when you need it without asking any questions you know, it's straight into that whatever is going through your head, you can just blurt that out. And it's that instant support. And and that is so valuable, isn't it? it it's so valuable that, that you know, that you can't put a price on that, being able to just give people that uh, support in that moment. But also, you know, when you think of the, the suicide rate and, you know, if that can prevent just one person from going that step too far, then you know, that's a result, isn't it? Oh, well, it, it, it will prevent far more than one. If we get this yeah. in place, it, it, it will prevent... It. The importance of this, I mean, so we are we are aiming at prevention 
rather than cure. And we'll, we'll move on to Mansi in a second. She will talk about something that's even more exciting pre all of this situation. Um, but from, I mean, you, you said you can't put a price on it. Well, the interesting thing is you can actually put a price on it. Okay. In 2017, uh, the government uh, um, sanctioned a report which is called the Stevenson Farmer Report. That Stevenson Farmer Report stated that the cost to, to this country of mental health per annum, per annum this is, 74 billion to 99 billion pounds a year. Wow. So if yeah. we can put in place prevention techniques to reduce those numbers significantly, we can make such a difference to this country that we could be saving billions, multi-billions of pounds per year. And this is one of the reasons why I want to sit in front of Rishi Sunak, yeah. as well as sitting in front of um, the, the, the health side of things, because it's an incredibly important part of this argument. It's not even, you know, and unfortunately, I'm going to be absolutely blunt, you know, it's what the politicians actually want to hear. They want to hear about savings. You know, unfortunately, that seems to have more renaissance than um, hearing about lives. I hate yeah. to say it, but it's a fact. And that, and it is a sad fact, that, isn't it? But like you say, if you can demonstrate how this could save the economy, then, then you will get them to listen. But it's sad that you have to use that to get Precisely. them to listen and, and not the fact that it's actually people's lives and families and the repercussions of all that and um, that's Absolutely the important right, thing yeah. but but you've got the figures to back it up so you know yeah good. the research has been done the research is i mean we but the government have had this since 2017. you know it's not i, I haven't gone there and i haven't created the report this is this is facts that they got given in yeah. 2017 yeah. three years ago and they're not using and it's that's where my frustration is. Uh, you know, we can we can sit here and we can talk. I mean, the amount of talk that goes on about mental health and the big. I think the reason that we've become so popular so quickly is that we're actually proposing actions that will make a difference. And I think actually now would be a great time for Mansi to talk about potentially something that schools could get involved with at Fantastic. a lot younger age. Okay, Mansi, over to you in Delhi. <laughs> Hi, Joe. Thank you. Thank you, Alistair. Um, so just to briefly introduce myself and the way I got involved with uh, mental health change, you know, um, I have suffered from anxiety and depression for far too long in my life, to, more than 10 years. And um, I have lived in London for, you know, past 15 years. I only moved to India last year. So the, the all the in and outs of the system and how it works, how it works with, you know, whether it's seeing a doctor, whether it's seeing a therapist, etc. Um, because I've suffered firsthand. So it was very easy for me to relate to what Alistair is proposing, you know, and I very well understand potential of the entire, you know, um, solution, what is being proposed and how it can change lives quality of lives um, of people, you know, ac across the country. Um, one simple helpline, what he was talking about right now, the triple five helpline. I mean, you know, I have suffered through a lot of panic attacks and 
in a panic attack, you know, it, it's very, it's very um, difficult to understand between illusion and reality. And if you have somebody talking you through it, it it's very easy for you to, you know, calm down in a way. Um, if I so when I picked up a phone call to call a doctor or to see a therapist, you know, I, I have had waiting times of up to six weeks, um, you know, and, and it was so hard, the all those times and all those panic attack, anxiety, everything that, you know, um, a person goes through or suffers through, it's very, very difficult. Um, and the quality of life is affected in such a huge way that uh, it, it's beyond understanding, you know. Um, and it's not just one person who is getting affected. It's the family. If you have kids, you know, they are getting affected. So imagine the magnitude um, of, of how many people and how many lives are getting affected at that one point in time. Um, so, yeah, so that is how I got involved into um, the mental health change. And I'm very, very, you know, passionate about it. Um, even being here in India, I've been up at 1 a.m., 2 a.m., sometimes in meetings, sometimes, you know, talking, sometimes in discussions, uh, trying to figure out ways, etc. Um, because, you know, it, it's it's very much needed. It's it's needed in such, such a huge way that... Um, I don't know. So many things are just common sense. But when it comes to politics, uh, common sense, you know, does not work. No, it so, goes out the window sometimes, doesn't it? And it's like, whoa, hang on, this is really obvious. Why are we not? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, so basically about my work in India and how I, you know, uh, I'm putting things together here. I'm working in um, emotional intelligence, introducing emotional intelligence into schools and universities across the country. Um, so we are working with medical schools, we are working with um, uh, kids between ages of 14 to 18, we are working also with teachers, and we're trying to introduce emotional intelligence, you know, um, across the country in, in different kind of ways. Um, and I think Alistair was uh, very interested and uh, inquisitive about, you know, how we can, once we run all the pilot models here, then we can see about, you know, whether they can be utilized or introduced in the United Kingdom as well. Emotional intelligence uh, is all about, you know, understanding your emotions and how to use your emotions as your strengths rather than your weaknesses um, and how to, you know, live a quality life. Um, I, I have a three master's degrees, uh, Joe, and none of those helped me when I was having a panic attack. Mm -hmm. I, I will be very honest, you know, um, I'm, I'm very qualified. I'm a very learned person. I read all the time, but, but nothing helps when you're going through those phases of anxiety, of depression, of mood disorders, of any sort of mental health disorders, you know. So um, emotional intelligence can actually help in prevention uh, of, of, of all these disorders. And if it is introduced early on in schools, especially, then it can actually, you know, um, give the youth the capacity to combat the situations that may arise in the future. You know, uh, I mean, post the pandemic, I think the pandemic has taught all of us that that anything unknown can happen in the future. Yeah. So we have to be prepared for that. And what are we doing to, you know, prepare ourselves for that? If we just continue living the lives we have, you know, lived in the past years, and if we just carry on with them, then there is no real change that, you know, we are bringing about, but we need to do that. So, um, so yeah, so that is what I'm working towards here. And um, yeah, just hoping that, you know, uh, it works out the way that we want to do it. So. And, and I, th I thank you, Mansi. And I think it's key 
that working with children, and I, th- I said this to Alistair off, off air, ch- working with children around these subjects is absolutely key because, you know, what we're trying to do is support the next generations to think differently, to reduce that anxiety, to reduce those mental health issues and and, and create a, a generation that, that have emotional intelligence and value that you know like you say you can you can have all the degrees in the world you can be the cleverest person in the world but perhaps if you don't have emotional intelligence you know all, all the all the things that life hits you with are really hard to deal with um and and emotional intelligence has to be one of the key you know uh, pillars of that doesn't it really um, um, with emotional intelligence, you know, a, a very well-rounded uh, holistic approach is required um, for, for people to learn, you know, exercise, nutrition, brain foods, which foods are good for you, which are bad for you. There are so many things which, are, it, which is, you know, which can be very common. It's, it, it's easy for a common man to instill those values into their lives and, you know, do things. Um, yeah. I mean, there are so many superfoods, you know, there are so many nuts, which are very good for your brains. And so many things people don't know about, which is very, you know, kind of integrated into your routine, and you can live a quality life. So, yeah, and it, it doesn't matter w- what your economic background is like, either. It's like everybody can go out and get fresh air, everybody can exercise, everybody's got access to water. Yeah. Right. You know, the, there's key things that we can all control um, and all that stuff helps our well-being and our mental health. And, and you know, it, it, it doesn't matter whether you're rich, poor, in between what culture, background, there are, there are fundamentals that we can be accountable for ourselves and we can do ourselves. But like you say, it's, it's getting people to understand that and, and you know, um, take that accountability for themselves as well. Yes. Yes. So, um, so yeah, so that is what we are trying to do here. We are, we are, we have already developed the programs. We are working with the schools. Now the schools um, are just reopening in next two to three weeks um, across the country here in India. So we are just waiting for that. So we have a pyramid model of emotional intelligence, which we are introducing. So in the first phase, we will be training the teachers. So how to utilize emotional intelligence Mm. in classrooms. Um, along with students, you know, how they can spot, how they can deal with difficult kids, how they can spot kids potentially who might be having anxiety issues or, you know, any any sort of disorders that they can notice, um, the teachers can notice easily. So that is the first phase which we are introducing. The second one would be the students, uh, intelligence modules for students. And the third one where we would like to include the parents into the structure so that it's a holistic model and it's a holistic approach. And once integrated and instilled, you know, um, it, it, it just carries on then. So it just goes around, it, it, it's like a cycle. So, yeah. I mean, that, that sounds amazing. And if we could, if we get something like that into our education system over here, goodness me, that would be a, a triumph, wouldn't it? So, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, I, I see that as, you know, effectively being, the start of um, the change. It's not going to be something that you see tangible evidence of immediately because, but in years to come, it will make a tremendous difference. So yeah. when, when Mansi went and said that to me, that, you know, this was happening, it was like, oh, well, 
that's just going to be so helpful from a mental health perspective further down the road you know it's, it's not tackling mental health as it stands per se it's not helping people at this point in time but in in the next generation of the people who are taught that they will be in so much of a stronger position than the current situation well, it's being proactive, isn't it? And it's getting in at source at, at the young people that are the next generation. And, you know, yes, we can support the current generations, but it's so important to to change things for that next generation, really. So um, well, it's, it's, it's interesting you mention that because that's something that's actually, believe it or not, happened this year. We have set up Young Mental Health Change. Fantastic. And, the the reason how that came about when i say we've set it up it was set up on monday (laughs) (laughs) as as early as that following a conversation on saturday because um i spoke to a lady on saturday for a period of time and she had read about the helpline and she she contacted us which was very kind of her and um she said look when you open this helpline, you are going to get inundated with young people who are suffering and parents of young people who are suffering, et cetera, et cetera. And I was listening to her story. She's, you know, it, it, it's a fairly tragic story, which we won't go into now. But um, what came out of it was clearly that there's things that need to change, not only in the adult side of things, but the young person side of things as well now i haven't got the lived experience of that but then bizarrely on monday um so having had that call on saturday uh, a guy called bill bucken came and uh onto me and said look i want to get involved and try and help you so thought no more of it um we set up the meeting like we've got now 11 30 and He's got lived experience, um, family member, as as a youngster um, currently. And, you know, it was just like, well, Bill, how do you fancy setting up young, <laughs> young mental health change? Because you know where this lady's coming from. I can't yeah. answer this. And literally, because we've already, um, you know, thought we've got marvellous IT guy and Andy, um, you know, we managed to get that set up by Tuesday. Fantastic. So. <laughs> I love the proactiveness of, of what you're doing, but that that's what's key. You're taking action. You're being proactive. You're seeing there's a need you're trying to fill that need and you're doing something about it and and that that's amazing and I think that is key is that you're being proactive and just right we need to do this who's going to help us let's find that person to help us which is absolutely amazing so well, I mean, we've, I, had, we've had some amazing like yourself Joe you've kindly invited us to this interview I mean you, you know through the same resources and it's it's just amazing and humbling how many people are are offering us um, things to help this mission happen Um, and we're feeling very generous I mean one of the things I wanted to mention to you was um, the work we're doing with Minerva now because this really is from my perspective a complete game changer and gives me hope that 
what started off as a you know a thought process could realistically turn into a reality Minerva enable um, clients to be seen by a therapist um, within 48 hours ideally wow. and that therapist will see them for um, up to 10 sessions normally up to six but it can be extended um, and it's been run in Cornwall uh, it's being piloted in Cornwall as we speak right now um, they have about 200,000 people they're supporting in Cornwall at this point in time um, and it's incredibly exciting because if we can put the the helpline with that together which is what we're attempting to do and we're attempting to do a pilot on this um, and that works all started to take place this year it, it really, really is going to be an extremely exciting proposition and something that we can take to the government so look not only have we got the ideas but we've got the working evidence as well um, and yeah i mean i can't tell you how excited i am at the moment because i don't even see this as just a, a localized thing or even a uk thing i think that if we get this right this can actually be taken across the world um to I mean, Mansfield couldn't tell you in India, you know, the struggles they have and, and the sheer lack of support for mental mm. health in India. But we're putting together proposals that can make it so much easier for people and cheaply. We're not talking about high cost here. I mean, this, this is something that um, is, you know, very reasonably priced. And, um, well, in fact, I mean, for it, NHS it could even be down to zero there's, there's lots there's negotiations to be done on that front obviously but it, it, in the ideal world it would be the fact that these consultations would actually be free so um, that's what's so, happening at the moment in Cornwall yeah absolutely fantastic um, Alistair and Mansi brilliant work I mean if anybody that's listening wants to get involved they want to help in some way they want to find out more how can they find you Okay, so our, our website is www.mentalhealthchange.com. Uh, you can find us on LinkedIn under Mental Health Change. And to be honest, LinkedIn is um, uh, where we're most active at this point in time. Um, we are on Twitter, which is twitter.com slash mentalhealthchg. Um, our email address is mentalhealthchange at outlook.com and on Instagram it's instagram.com slash mentalhealthchange. So we've got all of those different feeds. As I say, I, I, at this point in time, because we are only a small band of people, um, LinkedIn tends to be where we're putting most of the details at this point in time and on Facebook as well. But yeah. So that's that. Well, I shall look forward to the point when this 555 number is launched um, across the country. And uh, yeah, what an exciting moment that will be. So thank I'm you hoping, so I'm Sorry. Joe, that we might be able to tell you about a 55 helpline that's actually working as the pilot. So once yeah, we've got that, we might just come back and tell you a little bit more about it. <laughs> Absolutely. I would love to know more about it. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Alistair and Mansi, for joining us today. Thank you so thank much, Joe. Thank you. With inspirational thank you. guests from across the world.
This is Inspire Radio. Attention, please. We at Healthspan would like to tell you something that, quite possibly, you didn't already know. Not all supplements are created equal. I know. Who'd have thought? We travel the entire globe to find the best ingredients for our vitamins and supplements. From the southern slopes of India for our turmeric to the cold, crisp seas of Greenland for our cod liver oil. Because that's the Healthspan way. Well, there you go. It's not every day you learn something new, is it? We're Healthspan. That's healthspan.co.uk. Vitamins and supplements. In store or direct to your door. Time for another inspirational quote from Inspire Radio. Be happy. Be inspired. Hi, this is Gail. I'd like to share one of my favourite motivational quotes. You wander from room to room, hunting for the diamond necklace that is already around your neck. Rumi. Thanks for listening to Inspire Radio. Be happy, be inspired. This is Inspire Radio. Inspire Radio. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Maybe you would like to join us as a guest on Inspire Radio. Maybe you'd like to feature on our Inspire Radio directory. If you would and you'd like to get in touch, then simply enter your details on the contact page at inspireradio.co.uk. Remember to give our Facebook page a like as well, at Inspire Radio UK. And once again, thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast from Inspire Radio. And have the best day you possibly can. Be happy, be inspired. The Inspire Radio podcast is produced and presented by the team at Inspire Radio. Copyright applies. For more information about Inspire Radio, visit inspireradio.co.uk or if you'd like to download our free app for the Android phone, just go to your Google Play Store and search for Inspire Radio. Inspire Radio. Be happy, be inspired.